Hello, Burlington. Welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, Vermont, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. In this podcast series, we'll be sharing ways we can all reduce our energy usage for heating, driving, and everything else we can plug in, all while sourcing our entire energy supply from renewables. Two of the big pillars of our net zero energy goal are transportation and heating. Today's guest, Gabrielle Stebbins, has taken both of these to heart and was eager to share her experiences, both the pros and the cons, regarding her electric bike and heat pump. I should also mention that Gabrielle is the chair of the Board of Electric Commissioners here at Burlington Electric. We talked about her work on the board and her vision for a net zero energy future. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Gabrielle Stebbins. So Gabrielle, it's such a pleasure to have you with us on our second podcast episode. Thanks so much for being here. It's great to be here and thanks for the invitation. Of course. Well, we were really interested in talking with you in for a couple of reasons. Uh, maybe the first of which is that you are head of our electric commission. I bet most people don't know that and they don't know really even what the electric commission is or does. Can, can you tell us about your role and the purpose of the commission? Sure. Uh, so the five commissioners are really um, there to sort of uh, provide an initial overview, initial vote on a lot of different topics. Um, and really, we, we actually had a, a, a group discussion, I think it was maybe five years ago, uh, to just do that, to clarify what is our job? Because we're volunteers. Um, you know, BED has so many other boards that they have to report to. Uh, and we, we basically came up with, with um, the general manager at that time. We came up with the concept that essentially we are um, the voice and the representation of Burlingtonians who, uh, you know, are the people that Burlington Electric uh, serves. And so in that role, our job is really to keep an eye and make sure that um, Burlington Electric is is working within the the guide rails that Burlingtonians want to see. And when we talk to Burlingtonians, that means, you know, people need to be able to afford uh, electricity. Um, they also want to make sure it's really reliable. They, they don't want it cutting out all the time. That does not work. Uh, and then Burlingtonians also really care about our climate and having a planet and a world that is sustainable. So we really look to our neighbors, um, our neighborhood planning associations and, and our friends in the community and say, what matters to you? And then we try to uh, bring that to our monthly meetings. So in essence, it sounds like as a volunteer commissioner, your job is to help ensure that BED is abiding by what your friends, neighbors, and, and Burlingtonians in general are interested in vis-a-vis electricity. Yeah, generally. I mean, I'd say you can never really uh, satisfy everybody <laughs> because with thousands and thousands of, uh, you know, voices and then five volunteers. So you do your best uh, listening to the many voices you hear and then you weigh them um, and you step back and you say, OK, what really makes sense here? Um, but yeah, it, overall, that's about right. And I know then, of course, that the electric department and our general manager in particular brings things to you sort of for approval, for insight um, before going forward through other bodies. So I'm thinking specifically about the net zero energy revenue bond. I know the proposal was brought to you 
recently, and the commission approved moving forward on this net zero energy revenue bond. Can you talk about that process or what that means? And we can talk more about the bond specifically and what it entails. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I mentioned that our role is sort of to to make sure the train is within the tracks um, in terms of is Burlington Electric going in the, the same direction that we here, Burlingtonians, want their electric utility to go. And so, you know, back in the 90s, um, there was a real desire for energy efficiency. And that was one of the first revenue, I think it might have been the, the first revenue bond. And, you know, it that first revenue bond has paid its dues back, I don't know how many, many times, um, but simply by saying, hey, can we use electricity more wisely, how much money can we save? So that was the first revenue bond. And and at the time, the commissioners back then were like, well, this seems like a good idea. Let's do this. And, you know, the thing about a revenue bond is that it doesn't have any impact to your taxes. Um, you know, it's, it's really about looking at how the utility can continue to invest in bringing as much as just the electric utility can do, bringing Burlington to the vision of being as sustainable and net zero city as possible by 2030. And so those dollars, um, you know, we, we've had a few different examples where we've gone for revenue bonds and, and each time, um, you know, we, we've been able to really capitalize on that longer term borrowing capability of those dollars and just to, to put it back into the department, put it back into our poles and our wires and our smart choices and ultimately, um, you know, the revenue bond, that, that's only the first decision. Then every month, <laughs> the staff has to come back and say, okay, so now these are the things we're thinking of doing. Um, and so there's a lot of checks and balances, not just at Burlington Electric and via the state decision-making entities and the federal entities, but also city council, also the um, financial commission. So a lot of checks and balances. But yes, um, we definitely supported the revenue bond. And, uh, you know, to the extent that Burlingtonians want to see leadership um, by the department, then we need to give the department the tools to, to act in a leadership way. And this revenue bond will really help them, um, help you, <laughs> Jen, will really help, um, help the department invest in our infrastructure, invest in our software, and also extend a lot more of our incentives for heat pumps and electric vehicles and e-bikes and all those good things. Yeah, that's really helpful. So in essence, there are sort of four components you're talking about that this revenue bond would help cover. And I do just want to reiterate something that you said, that this wouldn't increase or impact a household's taxes, right? And that's, right. What, rev- that's what the revenue bond is referring to, right? right. We, it would be paid back through um, the increase in electrification, through all these strategic electrification elements. Exactly. Um, So I know, Gabrielle, that, you know, as we strategically electrify and as we sort of add more heat pumps uh, to the grid and as the demand for electricity increases with EVs, I mean, I know you in particular are excited about these opportunities from a climate standpoint. It's climate, but it's also comfort. Uh, It's also... 
um, just fun. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable now that I have um, two heat pumps in my house um, and I'm spending less money on, on the other types of fuel that I used to use to heat my house. Um, and I love my e-bike and so do my kids. Um, it's the coolest thing and I'm not into gadgets. I really don't care about gadgets, but this this bike is fun. Um, but it's, you know, I, I mentioned I have kids. I have a four-year-old and an 11-year-old and uh, you know, just in the last 11 years, um, my, my eldest has seen changes, um, in terms of what, what my grandparents, what her grandparents, what my parents' backyard looks like, um, because they live near a water body and she's witnessing how things change. And so she asks me, well, what are you doing about it? And this is a way that I can say, you know, we can do something about this. Um, yes, we need global change to address climate change, but we can also do something in our house. We can also do something within our community. And so, yeah, it means a lot to me to be able to um, support that and also um, lead by example and, and show my, my two kids that, yes, we, we can make changes. So the revenue bond will help with grid upgrades to help ensure that people like you, as you're buying your electric bikes and using your heat pumps, that the grid is stable and reliable and can take that, that, extra, that extra load or, or demand. And you mentioned your e-bike. So I didn't realize you had an e-bike. I just love it. I, I mean, I've always loved um, biking. Uh, it's used to all through college, all through my 20s. It was the only way I got around. And, and you know, Burlington's hills are just they're kind of big. And then you add two little people on your bike and the hills just seem bigger. So yeah, they're just, it's so fun also because, I mean, the other day I was at a red light and some car drove up and they said, so do you actually get places faster? I said, well, it depends. If there's a lot of traffic, yes, you know, and, and red lights, then I can pass 12 cars and wait at the red light. And then I'm at the front. I mean, definitely not on I-89. <laughs> definitely not. Your kids are enjoying, the, enjoying it too? Are they? Oh, they love it. Yeah, completely. I mean, the first three weeks we got it, we would, we would go out like after dinner just for literally joy rides. Fun. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I can tell you about mine is I had a friend, I was working in City Hall at the time, and she had a new e-bike, and she insisted I come down and try it. And I was really reluctant, too. I was wearing a dress and was in the middle of something, and like getting on a bike was just not like something I was interested at the time. But she was so insistent that when I did come down the steps and I did get on her bike, I, I don't know when I've last felt sort of that sense of joy. Yep. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really a, a, fun, a fun way to get around. And the research is telling us that you are actually burning more calories because you're opting to ride your bike more than drive. So you're not burning as many calories per trip, but you're taking more trips on your bike. Huh. And so for folks that are saying, well, there's no exercise or there's no hard work in that, I, you know. I beg to differ. Hmm. Um, but as I'm, opposed to just sitting. Right? As opposed, right, 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 exactly. So I'm with you. I really, I really love my e-bike too. What's also interesting, actually, we bought an e-bike, I think it was like five years ago. So it was like one of the first prototypes. Um, and it was uh, one of those like GoFundMe things. And it was $500. And it, you know, it was a great concept, but it was such an early concept. I, it, I think it must have weighed like... 50 pounds. I mean, I just, I dreaded taking it up the stairs into the house and then down the stairs into the house every time it snowed or rained. And so it's amazing just to see also the progress of technology over five years. It's, it's really 
amazing in terms of what humans can do when we really want to. Right. That's good. Yeah. The argument that I think it's called the cornucopia argument for what it's worth, that we have the capacity to innovate. And when the pressure's on, we will and we can. So yeah, yeah the e-bike is a great example of innovation that's happening quickly. Yeah. Um, as maybe heat pumps, we can talk about the innovation in heat pumps. We know they've been around in Japan for a long time. And they're really in the United States now with only in the last decade. But we are seeing sort of rapid change and rapid deployment in that space. So tell us about your heat pump at home. Um, so we have two heat pumps. Um, they're both uh, what's referred to as ductless. Um, so although we although we heat with forced hot air um, and typically oil, and I'm getting really nerdy here, but um, it is a podcast on electricity. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have two ductless systems. So it's essentially, it looks like a large box on the inside and on the outside, um, it, it also kind of looks like a large box with a fan. Um, and what's interesting about heat pumps is they've, they've been, as you mentioned, they've been used in Japan for a long, long time. They've also been used throughout the U.S. for a long time. The, the real growth in the technology that you were talking about is the fact that before maybe... 10 years ago, heat pumps couldn't, couldn't heat all that efficiently once the weather dropped to being too cold. The cold climate heat pumps that we've seen, this, this real uh, transition in, in terms of the technology, you know, some of them say that they can go below five degrees below zero. Some of them say a little bit above, but really significantly more um, in terms of just how cold it is outside and it can still heat your home. I will say, because I have to, um, it does matter how how weatherized your home is. Your it really makes a difference if your home is air sealed and insulated. And you know that's another service that Burlington Electric helps folks with all the time in terms of you know how can we how can we help you make your home more comfortable and save dollars in terms of how much you spend on heating and maybe cooling your house too. So you should do both. You should do the heat pumps if that works for your family uh, and your finances, and and you should certainly combine it with uh, weatherization as well. Well, that is really a good plug for weatherization because we don't necessarily want to electrify a building that's going to leak a lot. So really important to do the two. Although that said, we also don't want to stop folks if one thing leads to the next. So if maybe you start with a heat pump and then you sort of transition into weatherization or or, or vice versa. Well, that's that's actually what we're seeing. I mean, my day job is also in... um clean energy consulting. And so I work on a a bunch of projects here in Vermont and Massachusetts and in New York State. And what we're seeing is that customers are entering into the heat pump world from all different places. Um, And so some of them might get a heat pump because they really want air conditioning. But then they start to realize, huh, I can use it for heating in, you know, September, October, November, December. And then they're like, you know, I could get more bang for my buck if I insulated my walls a bit. And so we're seeing customers really uh, make this journey towards clean energy, however it makes the most sense for them. And it it really is a journey and it it is a long journey. it's a, it's a long learning curve because we're so used to doing things one way over the last 100 years and just over the last 15, 10 years, what we can do differently. And all the more reason to call your Burlington customer service team and, and ask what works for you. Yeah, that, thanks. That's a great plug for 865-7300 for anybody that has sort of energy needs, heat pump or otherwise. You know, one thing that I'm hearing, Gabrielle, from my friends is uh, how invasive it is to put in a heat pump. But I think that's not the case. I can't imagine that your house was really um, 
taken apart in the process of having your system installed. Yeah, I'd say redoing our bathroom was much more invasive. Uh, and redoing our kitchen was hugely invasive. Um, I mean, I remember washing my dishes in the bathtub and the back pain. And yes, the heat pumps is easy. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, Gabrielle, undoubtedly you tapped into some of BED's incentives to make that happen. You bet. Do you want to talk about that process and how it went for you? It's pretty easy. Um, so this was maybe two and a half, three years ago, and I should remember how much everything costs, but I don't. Um, pretty easy. You know, uh, I actually it was the contractor um, that said, we'll work it, you know, we're, we'll get the paperwork. Um, you do have to follow up on a few items. We followed up. The response from the BET team was maybe a couple of days, maybe one day or so. Um, but yeah, it was it was really easy. Uh, and quick and fluid and simple. And they're, you know, they're also, we've got some credit unions in uh, Vermont. That's how we helped pay for it. Um, and the credit unions, there, there are three that I think Burlington Electric works with right now that have like three-day turnarounds for a loan process um, that can pay upwards of like $30,000 of a project. Not that two heat pumps cost that much because they don't. Um, but it's pretty amazing to get that type of a loan for an energy upgrade in three days. And it, it just goes to say how much the financing world is starting to understand that, yeah, actually there are real dollar savings here. And if we loan the homeowner this money, they will save the money and they will be able to pay the loan back. And that's really important because, you know, folks folks need to believe that if they're going to make this investment, that it's going to make sense for them. You're very articulate in terms of what our net zero energy strategy is i.e. our transition away from fossil fuels in heating our homes and businesses and in transportation. Um, You're obviously well-versed in the net zero energy revenue bond, which goes to the voters in December. Um, Given that package and the other things you see on the horizon, is there anything you're particularly excited about or hopeful about? And are there things that you see BED um, needing to do more aggressively that will help us further reach our goals. It's critically important that we do see this revenue bond come through. If Burlingtonians want to see Burlington move towards that 2030 uh, goal, we need to have more tools in the toolbox. And this is a critical one. Uh, and we have three or f- at least three, I think, prior revenue bond examples in which we've um, asked voters to uh, allow our municipal utility to make this investment. And that's what it is. It's an investment. Um, And it's in the form, you know, of a loan, but ultimately it's an investment so that we can make our city more resilient and help people save money and help people get more comfortable um, and also make a difference in terms of climate. I feel like after that, uh, you know, the major question here is scale. We are seeing people choose heat pumps, choose electric vehicles. Uh, I also happen to serve, I'm a a state rep on the House Transportation Committee, and we're currently considering how can we expand, um, you know, moving forward, whether or not we can have public uh, transit continue to be fare-free for people so that we can really get ridership up, um, as well as, you know, limit how much individuals touch change and, and perhaps, you know, exchange Um, illnesses. So we're looking at the public transit things. We're looking at the electrification. We need to like weatherize and air seal and use, you know, use energy a lot more efficiently. I feel like the key right now, 
And I'm not sure how much it's BED or it's BED with many partners. I, I think it's probably the latter. The key is we know there's plenty of money out there. The key is how do we make it more available to people to invest in their homes and to invest in their properties and invest in their rental properties so that when you have a project that might take 15 years to pay off, like if you really weatherize your home, it might take 10 or 15 years to pay it off properly. Um, You can only get a five-year loan term. That doesn't make sense. So we have got to figure out how to make it so that it's A, not so scary to take out debt, for something that's actually an investment, and B, to get our lenders to be like, this makes sense. And I look at solar. I mean, in 2008, uh, most financial lenders did not trust that solar energy, if you invested in solar, that it would really generate kilowatts. And it does. And now, some of the best portfolios for banks and, and credit unions are their solar loan products. So it's really about changing the the conversations that we're not talking about, how much does this cost us right now? But instead, we're talking about how much does this save us over the long run? And not just in terms of dollars, but in terms of climate and in terms of our future for our kids. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? No, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve you. And uh, please feel free to join us. We meet on the second Wednesday of every month. Thanks, Gabrielle. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding rebates, incentives, and technological support, don't hesitate to look for us at burlingtonelectric.com, to call us at 865-7300, or to follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help, and we look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to Net Zero Energy. Energy.